the home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Hey, everybody, Community Exhale. Whoo, after that one. 65-60, Dayton and win. And I've been telling you guys on the air, and I've been telling you on the Twitter, these Dayton Flyers are the cardiac kids reincarnated. Rex Gardecki, live on the Zoom through the magic of radio. And uh, former flyer Rex Gardecki is my partner tonight. And Rex, uh, that is a big boy win. That was big. That was, John. i tell you what, I've got enough gray hair, but this team is going to give me a lot more, I'll tell you. But the contributions off the bench, I think, with R.J. Blakeney, and we were talking the other day with E.J. Eliza Weaver getting some minutes tonight. So, and Jordy really down the stretch, you know, the first – half he didn't really do much any of our forwards buys in the second half they really contributed got some really key rebounds to some good positions so hey it's a it's a it's a great win a team that was 4-0 coming in here out of the southeastern conference people had their jordy jokes throughout the games on the twitter machine now they got to eat them uh yep. because he had the biggest rebound of his dayton career racks down the stretch when it was uh 64 60 dayton after uh, Jalen Crutcher had split a pair of free throws with 25 seconds left. Ole Miss comes down on the other end. They miss. Jordy grabs the rebound, and then Jalen's fouled on the break. He splits another pair with seven and a half seconds left, and Dayton hangs on 65-62. Uh, Ibby Watson with 11. Jalen Crutcher doing Jalen Crutcher things with 23 to lead the Flyers. And Rodney Chapman, Rex, oh. with a Dayton career high, 21. There was times where I'm thinking – We've seen the palindrome game and the Arch Baron Cup rivalry with St. Louis, and this thing for stretches was going to be the Rodney Chapman game, trademark, copyright, because he had his stamp. Uh, Rex all over this game, and there were times where he was single-handedly keeping this Dayton team in stretches of this game. Well, we all know he is such a great defensive player. I mean, his nose for the ball is sensational. And uh, the player he played against, I think, could possibly be an NBA player. So, it was just a, a typical gut-wrenching game for the Flyers, and people keep on asking me, you know, how are they going to do without Obi? How are they going to do without Trey? How are they going to do without Ryan? Well, I think it showed today, and I think it showed last Saturday. I'm worried about the minutes that, that, that some of the guys are playing, uh, but at this point, they're just going to have to uh, rely on themselves and take it easy in the next 48 hours to get ready to play. But th- this is a great win, John. This team could have very well folded in the first half just talking about, you know, their inconsistencies, turning the ball over again, which is our bugaboo, and we've got to correct those. I was worried when they went 1-3-1 against us in the second half, and we didn't really handle that very well. But it was good enough to get things done and another win at home in the court. Yeah, and they are shorthanded wrecks, and and the depth is is still an issue, but that's going to be addressed now. We saw uh, Kobe Bray addressed for the first time tonight. R.J. Blakeney, after he was dealing with wrist injury, R.J. Blakeney continuing to get points off the bench. We saw Elijah Weaver be cleared today after that blanket waiver on Wednesday. Uh, Mustafa Amsil is now here on campus. He can play right away. He's here from Finland, and he doesn't have to because of COVID. He, he can play because of that waiver immediately. I mean, he's an incoming freshman, but and it doesn't count this year against anybody's uh uh, eligibility in terms of how many years they've got. They're not burning the years, so you've got him now getting into the mix. You've got Zim Wakeji still, um, you know, trying to figure out how to get into the rotation. So the depth help is on the way, but man, Rex, this team, Brooks mentioned it in the post game, um, they're they're sticking together. And it's not it's not last year. We know that. We're we're five games in. We know now for anybody that had any illusions of this year picking right up where the season of dreams left off, that's not the case. This is a much 
uh, lower-flying team. They're gone are the Knights of 80 points a night. They're right on about – tonight they hit their average. They're scoring about 65 points a game, okay? They're a lower-scoring bunch, but they still got some dudes on this roster. They got some closers on this roster. It's a very, as I mentioned earlier, a cardiac kids kind of approach, but Rex, they're closing – with the exception of SMU, man, they're closing these tight games. It's going to be slower, sort of rock fight kind of games. But so far, this team's showing their you know what's and they're closing games out, Rex. It's impressive. Well, and I think, John, I really sincerely think once they get their turnovers corrected, and I think they will, uh, and I think you start eliminating easy, easy shots for the other team and us getting an additional five to 10 shots a game. And that's what it's all about. You look at old Bobby Knight's philosophy of more possessions than the other team, and they're going to win. And I think that's what Anthony's trying to do. And I'm sure that what they're working on it in practice, you know, but relating it to practice to the on court is something they're going to have to learn. And Ibby's, you know, he's handling the ball more where last year he was just sitting on the wing and shooting threes. So it's a matter of the other guys contributing and doing things that they, you know, had not had to do chase handling the ball a little bit more. Jordy getting in a block and do it as well. I thought when they went one three one in the last five minutes, we did a great job in rotation offensively, going high low into that situation. So that I think that's something that we can work on, but it's a correctable error. And other guys stepping up when it's needed because Chase Johnson, who has clearly been the most consistent third offensive option for this team, Rex, he was on a struggle bus tonight offensively. You'll have that in a season long stretch here. I want to bring up something Rodney Chapman told us Thursday, and I'm going to try to play this sound for us later in the show because I want you to hear it from Rodney. But he was asked about putting together a, a complete game and really kind of having his offensive coming out party against Mississippi State. Okay, last week. This was Thursday before they played regular Mississippi today. He told us, quote, I'm very capable in a lot of areas. Whatever I feel like the team needs in that moment for us to win, that's what I'm going to do. I wouldn't say I consider myself a scorer, but I can. Now, that turned out to Rex today to be darn right prophetic because not only did Rodney fill it up, again, with a Dayton career high for Rodney, 21 points, he was drawing charges, he was getting his hands on the ball, he was poking his hands in passing lanes, he's getting out on the break, uh, assists. I mean, Rex, he was just doing it all. And Rodney Chapman had himself a night, a career night here at Dayton so far. Well, he's such a, a, a physical garden and tremendous strong hands and when he plays defense, he's so good because he can manipulate one way or the other. And again, talking about, you know, the players he's played against so far. And the player tonight, I think, is an NBA type of player. And, you know, Rodney did what Rodney does. He guards the best guy. I know it takes a lot out of him, but he had to have probably at least four or five seals again tonight, John. Led to baskets, easy baskets for him. So, you know, these are your baskets create games that he feels like he can make the outside shot and do some things. So, it's a great win for the Flyers. I know, you know, all of us sitting here biting our fingernails trying to get this this win over with. I got to see John, and I'm I'm sure he's listening to us. Diggett's picture was right behind Larry in one section of the that. game. So, um, Diggett, if you're listening to me, buddy, he was one of the former players and coaches. We love you. I know you've had a little health concerns lately, but it's great to see your face there, Larry. As the cool kids say these days, Rex, shout out to Jim Larkin, as as his friends know him, Diggett. Dig it. Hope you're doing well, buddy. And, uh, you know, typically we would be over at Flanny's celebrating this win. Uh, I have to, I, before we get too far into this show, I have to mention that Flyer Feedback is sponsored by 
Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. So while we can't because of COVID be over at Flanagan's altogether celebrating this crazy, heart-stopping Dayton win, uh, we do still, do still thank our uh, benevolent hosts and our friends over at Flanagan's and also Bud Light for their support this year. And I should mention that Flanagan's on Stewart Street is now hiring. They're currently completing upgrades to create that same Flyer Faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? You can apply at Flanagan's Dayton at Gmail. Com. It's John Bedell, it's former Flyer Rex Gardecki, and you here for Flyer Feedback as we await the postgame comments of Dayton head coach Anthony Grant uh, as Dayton pulls out this 65-62 win. And frankly, Rex, you know what, what else this win does is it keeps the at-large conversation in right. the conversation because this is it for Dayton's right. non-conference schedule. As we told you multiple times throughout the week, Larry Hansgen mentioned it uh, Monday on the Anthony Grant Show. I tweeted about it and talked about it further to UD Later in the week on Thursday, they said they were looking for a game between now and their A-10 opener, uh, which is December 30th, against LaSalle. So they'll have 11 days off. They were looking for a game. They told us even in the game notes that UD Hall of Fame SID Doug Hosschild sent us on Thursday that Dayton would like to play another game next week. But Rex, they didn't find one, and UD did confirm. I talked with Doug earlier today. Yep, this is it. Didn't find a game. So this is the non-conference set for Dayton. Five games. That's it, and this Dayton team now has 11 days off uh, between now and the start of the A-10 slate, a little earlier than usual this year, again on Wednesday the 30th against LaSalle. So this was really, Rex, literally, the last resume-grabbing chance before league play starts here in 11 days from now. Yeah, and who knows what's going to happen with COVID with the other teams, like Fordham, uh, some teams you look in the A-10 and really have not even got a chance to play. It's got to be extremely hard on those. So us having the four wins early in the season – really helps us when it comes to, you know, hope it doesn't happen, but let's say we end up getting six or seven games canceled out of the A-10 schedule. Then they look at our non-conference schedule, and that's going to help when it goes to the larger, larger berth of the NCAA. Who knows? We might we might see an NCAA that everybody's in on. You know, you hear all this talk. You hear John Calipari saying one thing. Then you hear Mike, uh, Coach K from Duke. So, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. So, again, that win today and the win against Mississippi State, Two teams out of the Southeastern Conference, one of the top five conferences in the country, helps us immensely. And I'm glad to see this Dayton team gut it out, Rex, because one of the things that Anthony told us on Thursday when we were on Zoom with him ahead of the game against Ole Miss, saying, all right, looking at the scouting report, Anthony, give us a couple things about Ole Miss. And the two things he said, Rex, where they are an elite, was the word he used, an elite team when it comes to forcing and scoring off turnovers, and they're a great rebounding team. And I'm sitting there on Zoom going, uh-oh, <laughs> Because those are two of the three areas, as Anthony mentioned live at the time, that Dayton has struggled with this year. So I thought, boy, there, if there's two things you want a team to be a lead at, it is not as a Dayton opponent turning you over and scoring off those turnovers and then rebounding. Now, Dayton got destroyed on the boards today. They were out-rebounded 41-27. 17 turnovers, so again, more than you'd like, Rex. But to face a team in Ole Miss that does two things really well that you don't do well at all so far this year, that to me is another sign of gutting it out. And also, Rex, you're the first team this year, and I know Mrs. Ole Miss hasn't played you know, this world-beating lineup, uh, but they also haven't been playing the Washington Generals either. But Dayton's the first team to score more than 60 against this Ole Miss defense, suffocating defense. So the fact that you can uh, score over what they hold opponents to and the fact that they do two things really well that you struggle with and against. Rex, that's just another thing for me. That's a big boy win. Yeah, I was worried in that first 10 minutes when it looked like we weren't going to get the six points there for a while. But they, you know, they 
they really get up in your face and they're so strong physically that it's hard to go. And we were doing a lot of east-west instead of going north-south. But I think then once we got into the pick-and-roll game, Jordy got more effective, Chase did. I think Elijah Weaver coming off the bench there, giving us a good solid eight or nine minutes that I think he's going to be another person that we can rely on. So this team, you know, started a little bit slow, but again, in the second half, as you said, and and looking at Ole Miss's stats, they are probably one of the better defensive teams in the country. So we were able to uh, get what we needed off of that and down the stretch, get the good free throws and make the shots that, to win this game. And they'll slow you down too, Rex, because they only allow before tonight, Ole Miss only allowed 52 points a game, 52 points even on uh, per game. They allow that's fourth in the country. And they really kind of remind you of, in one sense, the Virginia Cavaliers and that they will grind you to a halt. They only allow 52. They only attempt 49 field goals a game. They had 59 tonight, so they outshot their average. But coming into tonight, they only averaged 49 field goals uh, attempted a game. That's top 10 slowest in the, in, the, in the country. So Ole Miss reminds you of Virginia in that, Rex, like I said, they are going to grind you to a halt. Slow it down. It's a rock fight. Slugfest, however you want to call it. And this Dayton team, Rex, here we are again, a game in the mid-60s, right on their average of about 65 points a game and just grinding out tough. And, and, you know, and two, Rex, this team continuing to make adjustments at the half. Anthony is showing so far, I mean, we're only five games into this thing. They're clearly a second-half team, Rex. I don't know what Anthony's doing in halftime, but it's like Anthony's secret stuff from Space Jam. Like, they're just, whatever he's doing, it's working. Because so far, Rex, this is far more a second-half team. In the yeah, early going, you know, and Anthony has been around such good coaches. You know, go back to my former coach. I mean, that just gets in your brain. I mean, I don't care what what you say when you're around it for so long with Coach Donner and then with Billy Donovan in, in the pros. So you know, Anthony keeps his cool. Sometimes I'm wondering how he does it uh, when the things are getting tough, but he doesn't. And I think that's good for the kids because he doesn't. They don't. You know, he doesn't get them too upset and too riled. I'm sure at halftime he's he says what a lot of his coaches had to say, and I'm sure he gets in the ear of some of his players. But, again, the second half we came out and made some free throws, made some big threes, and deed up really down the stretch, I think, was the key in this game today. And I think especially, Rex, like you alluded to, a first half where it might have been easy for this team to fold because mm-hmm. they led 2-0. They drew first blood with that Rodney Chapman lay-in. After that, Rex, they didn't lead until it was 42-41, uh, with about 12 minutes left. I mean, and they led at at no point at any one break in the action in the first half were they up. They were down five at the under 16. They're down. They're in an eight-point hole at the under 12. They're down four at the under eight, and they're in a seven-point ditch at the under four, and they were down seven again at halftime. So they really weren't making a whole lot of hay in that first half, Rex. It, it just felt like their wheels were just kind of Spinning in mud might have been easy to fold up and, and pack it up and go home. But, man, this team, this Dayton team, I know five games is a bigger sample size than when it was last year. But so far, Rex, this team is showing us a lot of fight. And I think their identity, as opposed to the high-flying 80 points a game last year, it's going to be a little bit of slower pace. But they still got some guys that can flat-out fill it up and score. And they got, they're got they showing, Rex, they've got some closers. That guard, whoo, man, that back that that backcourt, Rex, Ibby, Jalen, Rodney, now you throw a Weaver into the mix. I mean, they got right. some serious guys that can that can close, and I think that's going to be their identity. It's going to be a slow it down, grit it out kind of team, and so far they're just really showing that togetherness and that toughness. Well, you look how long they've been there. Jalen's been there for a consistent four years. Rodney make, you know, making his second year here, even though he played at Chattanooga. He'd be playing at, at, at Michigan in the Big Ten. So 
they know what it's like. They've been in big games, whether it be their freshman year or after their senior year now. So they're able to control, I think, their emotions. I worried a little bit in the first half when Chase, it seemed like they were getting to his, his head a little bit and that Bows came in there and everything. Yeah. But I think he calmed down and they got him control. Same thing with Jordy. I think, you know, Jalen gets a little frustrated sometimes. He makes some passes that last year Obi would just take it and dunk it where Jordy, but Jalen's smart enough and been around long enough. Instead of getting on Jordy, he's patting him on his back saying, you can do this, you can do this. And I think that's going to be essential down the, the stretch here of the season. Yeah, that's a mark of an experienced team and one that you can tell ever since Anthony's third year and on, that was last year, is that it, it now jumps off the court after it did not in his first two years, Rex. This is a group that continues to enjoy each other. They like playing for each other, and that jumps off the court, and that chemistry makes a whole bunch of difference. Because like you said, there was points in the first half, I'm thinking, Lord Almighty, what is wrong with Chase Johnson? He he had a lot of shots that, as Larry was saying on the air in his call here on WHIO Radio, that you had shots that Chase usually hits that just weren't falling tonight. And he was having some struggles with turnovers. And uh, he had four turnovers tonight and just two points, three boards. Um, but as you mentioned, Rex, his teammates are, are picking him up. It's the sign of a veteran bunch. It's a sign of togetherness. And they got it out for the 65-62 win. And this is now uh, the Flyers have never lost to Ole Miss. They are now 7-0 and in the all-time series against the running Rebels, and a lot of people might remember the very recent times these two teams have met. The last time they played was December of 14, so six years ago, 78-74, Dayton wins at UD Arena, and then a lot of folks will remember, uh, speaking of Season of Dreams, in the Elite Eight uh, run year, uh, Archie Miller's Elite Eight run uh, back in 2014, one of the games, Rex, that saved their behinds for the at-large bid that year was the game down in Oxford, well, the, the Devin Oliver banked three game yeah. where Dayton pulled it out 83-80 in overtime. And, of course, these teams met in the NIT in 2010. There's a, mostly a recent history, a, a relatively recent history, uh, with these two teams between the Rebs and the Flyers. But Dayton uh, has never lost a game now to Ole Miss. They are now 7-0 and in the all-time series uh, against the SEC. We like playing those football people. They're football people first. They're kind of baseball people second. <laughs> Basketball isn't high in the totem pole, but we like laying the wood to those football people from the SAC, don't we, Rex? Yeah, it's nice to be 2-0 against the, the SAC. And uh, I tell you what, they're they're going to lay some wood on on uh, some of those teams. I mean, Kentucky's taken on the chin so far, and it's hard. You know, going into Mississippi and going into Mississippi State is not going to be easy for the elites out of the SEC. Tennessee, and you've got Kentucky, LSU, and teams like that. Mississippi's a handful. And I think it's going to be, you know, and we'll tell the tale here and hopefully the next three to four weeks when the SEC season starts and we've got our two wins. Yeah, we'd be we'd be totally fine for resume purposes if this Ole Miss team and Kermit Davis and company are off and running in the SEC, Rex, because uh, that's only going to boost Dayton's resume as we go here. So it's John Bedell, it's former Flyer Rex Gardecki, and you as we wait the postgame comments of head coach Anthony Grant uh, here as he will talk with Larry Hanskin live over at UD Arena in a socially distanced manner, as we know. And we've got Coach right now. So what does Anthony Grant think about the 65-62 Dayton win? Well, I'm glad you're asking yourselves that, Flyers fans, because you're about to find out live on the other side of this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to UD Arena. I'm Larry Hansgen as the Dayton Flyers uh, defeat Ole Miss 65-62, joined by Coach Anthony Grant. And um, you, you, you play a, a team with Mississippi in its name uh, for the second straight game. And for the second straight game, I, I just thought the second half 
uh, a world of difference uh, in the crispness with which your guys uh, executed and then obviously cleaned up some things uh, when it came to the defensive glass and, and taking care of the ball? Yeah, you know, I thought, Larry, I thought it was a great team effort. You know, obviously Mississippi, we knew coming in, he talked about it before the game, how good they were, you know, from a defensive standpoint, the pressure they apply. And, you know, we, we felt that in the first half. And I felt like in the first half, we left some things on the table, you know, that uh, plays we normally make. Uh, they hurt us again, you know, with the rebounding. So, you know, in the second half, I thought the game really changed with Rodney Chapman. I thought his intensity, his, uh, his energy, you know, his, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if he had two or three, uh, plays in a row there defensively where he got us out in transition, got easy baskets. And, uh, you know, from that point on, I thought our guys played with great confidence. We took care of the ball and did some good things today to get the win. You know, and it goes right down to the wire because, uh, you know, they were, they were, they were keep punching. And, and has Jordy Shimanga had a bigger defensive rebound in his Dayton career than the one he got with uh, just a few yeah, seconds to go? I'll tell you, it was huge. You know, and he was determined to go get it. He knew we needed it. And, uh, you know, I thought that was that was probably the biggest rebound of the game. You know, you look at the final numbers, and they dominated the glass today, 41-24. to 24. As you mentioned, that was a huge one uh, that, needed, uh, that we needed to get in a crucial time. So, yeah, so really, really proud of him. And, you know, and again, I think as a team, you know, these guys continue to grow up, and they continue to grow in their trust for each other and, and, and their ability to make plays. And, you know, um, I, I just thought, you know, we, we had a night, you know, you know where – we didn't, we didn't necessarily, um, you know, when you look at 17 turnovers and the rebounding differential, there's certainly a lot of room for improvement. But, you know, the resiliency and the grit that, that our guys continue to show to put themselves in position to win games is something that I'm really proud of and I think that we can, we can grow from. You already mentioned the, the outstanding job that Rodney uh, did, not just to statistically, but just you know, in, in changing the energy level in the second half. And then you throw in Jalen Crutcher, and, and you know that's a very unique combination to have. Um, when those two guys are playing well, how I mean, yeah. how difficult yeah. is I mean, Dayton to I think defend? As good as any backcourt in the country, and I would throw Ibby in there. You know, and obviously, you know, tonight, you know, you, you look at, you know, Ibby didn't get a lot of shots tonight, but again, you know, extremely efficient with the way he plays the game and understanding, you know, what he needs to do to put, to put us in position to win. So, yeah, so I thought those guys, I think someone said uh, it was maybe maybe the 12-minute or 8-minute timeout in the second half. I think those three guys may have had all our points. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, so just, you know, I think, uh, you know, we we're fortunate that we've got, you know, three elite, elite guards there. And then, you know, on a night where, you know, shots didn't fall for Chase, he made big-time plays. I, I thought his defense at the end of the game, uh, being able to switch onto their guards and keep the front, you know, that was a that was a key stop for us as well. I think that may have been the one that Jordy got the rebound on. So, yeah, great great effort by everybody, and, and uh, I think a great way to end the uh, the nine conference portion of our schedule. Um, we're going to give the guys a few days here to, to try to uh, get some, some mental health days. Uh, they've been here since July 12th get away and, and, and spend time with the family and obviously in the middle of a pandemic try to stay safe and understand that we got a great opportunity as we head in the conference moving forward. All right, Coach, uh, we'll let you go. Uh, again, uh, a great finish to a shortened non-conference uh, season, but uh, you look at the you look at the body of work pretty good so far. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I think uh, I think we can we can get better. It was also great to see Eliza out there today and, and to be able to get him in the mix. And, and I thought he was extremely helpful to us to 
uh, in the limited the limited minutes he played, and, and uh, it's good to be able to get some bodies and some guys back available. So yeah, so we're looking looking forward to uh, getting away a little bit and, and mentally regroup and recharge and come back uh, and get conference play started. Okay, Coach, uh, we'll let you go. We'll talk more about it, of course, Monday night. Uh, that's Coach Anthony Grant uh, here post game is uh, on behalf of our crew here at the UD Arena, engineer producer Caleb McLeod, uh, Brooks Hall, filling in for Bucky this afternoon. I'm Larry Hanskin reminding you, the Anthony Grant Show is coming up Monday night, 7 to 8. Uh, you can listen on radio as well as uh, see it on Facebook Live at the WHIO Radio and the Home of the Flyers Facebook pages. Our final again is Dayton 65, Ole Miss 62. Now stick around for more of Flyer Feedback. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station from the CJSHeatingAndAir.com studios. You call, we come, it's fixed. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating. Make your parking lot look great again. Go to vandaliablacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers. Helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by... Flanagan's Pub on Stewart Street in Dayton. Stop by after the game for delicious food and 24 beers on tap. Bud Light. Keep it crisp with Bud Light. And by Flyer Spirit. Stop on over to Flyer Spirit on Brown Street and show off your Flyer pride. Go UD. Call in with your comments or questions. 457-1290. Flyer feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You know, I don't even care if it's not a road game. We usually do this after road games, but I'm fired up after this one. Hit it. Can you dig it? <laughs> yes! Dayton 65-62. We're going to get some Cyrus after a home cooking win. It's John Bedell. It's former Flyer Rex Gardecki. And you here for Flyer Feedback after Dayton hangs on once again. Flyer Feedback is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub. And Bud Light. So even though we can't be at Flanny's celebrating this win, we surely thank our friends and our benevolent hosts over at the best bar in town for their support this year. It's former Flyer Rex Gardecki with me, John Bedell, tonight in Rex. Dayton is now 18-5 and against those football people from the SEC since 2008. But Dayton coming into the night had never beaten an SEC team in back-to-back games in that span until now. Mississippi State last week, regular Mississippi today. Dayton hangs on for a 65-62 win, and Rex, this Dayton team continues to just be uh, a team that it's going to be white-knuckle rides down the stretch. I, I think we've, we've seen that after five games. We know that that's going to be their identity, Rex. Well, you know, you better get some home cooking at home. I mean, you go on the road, I've seen some ter- tremendously bad games by some officials, and I would say today was not the officials' best games along those lines. There was a couple calls there that I thought should have gone our way and did not go our way. 
And I'm sure Coach Grant's going to comment on that, you know, maybe Monday along the lines. But, you know, you got to get those calls at home on the road. I mean, I can remember going into Xavier, going into Kentucky, going to some of those games. And you, you knew, I can remember one time Coach Donner said, listen, you might as well not even say anything because you're you're not going to get a call on these type of places. And I'm sure it's, it's that way every place. So hey, that home cooking, it should be our way at the arena. I said cardiac kids in the postgame show, Rex. And for my non-Cleveland uh, listeners here, uh, you, all you out there, dear listeners, everybody knows I'm a kid from Northeast Ohio. I'm, a, I'm a, an avowed Browns fan. If you don't know the Cardiac Kids, just Google it. The 1980 Browns led by, at the time, MVP, 1980 NFL MVP, Brian Seip, uh, Don Cockroft, Mike and Greg Pruitt, uh, Ozzie Newsome, Hall of Famer, Doug Deacon on the offensive line. Uh, they were dubbed that, and it's with two Ks, Cardiac Kids, Rex, because they the Browns finished 11-5 and that year. Unfortunately, it ended in Red Right 88. But they were 11-5, and and they had a lot of last-minute wins, did the 1980 Browns. So in Cleveland, when we have a team that I see like this Dayton team, I think of the Cardiac Kids. And this Dayton punch seems to be, Rex, five games in, Brian Seip and the 1980 Browns reincarnated on the basketball court because, woo, buckle up, you guys, for the rest of the season if this is what it's going to be like for close to 30 games this year. My goodness. Well, actually, closer to 23 yeah. games, but you get the point. Buckle up, Rex. Yeah, and I think it's good the kids get a couple days off to refresh your mind, refresh your bodies. I mean, when Jalen and, and Rodney and they'll be playing 40 minutes almost, it's, it's got to take the wear on you and everything. Yeah. So refresh your minds, get away from it for two days. I think finals are, are done at this point, you know. You know, the bad part, again, probably the kids will not get to go home. They won't get to do anything in this crazy world that we're in right now. So that makes it extremely hard. So I'm sure they're, you know, going to look at film probably Monday or Tuesday. But tonight, you know, on Sunday, let's enjoy this victory. You know, the Flyers, you know, who thought coming into the season, losing those players, that we'd be where we're at. I know a lot of people I talk to says, this team is not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Well, for you people that said no, well, they're doing it. They're four and one. Yeah, they could. They, <laughs> you people. Hey, you. What do you mean, you people? Uh, yeah, there's some. There's some doubters still, Rex. But I think this this Dayton fan base is, is coming around to this Dayton team because this team, as Anthony said in his post game comments, is continuing to show a growth in the trust they have for one another, the resiliency and the grit they have now. Again, five games in, with the exception of that just soul crushing loss to SMU a couple weekends ago. Uh, the resiliency and the grit they show Rex to continue to close games and get these wins. They're 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 four and one now. Did I say five and one earlier? I'm sorry. They're four and one. Five games. That's an non-conference slate. That's it. Because we'll now move ahead to a ten play after they decided uh, after looking for another non-conference game next week. They will not play uh, between now and the LaSalle game. Uh, so you close out uh, the non-conference with another gritty win, Rex, and a, potentially a resume booster. I mean, we'll see what Ole Miss does uh, in the SEC. They were picked ninth uh, this year, so we'll see. Uh, but it's a good win, and it, it could be a resume booster come March. And I just love how this team continues to just grow and show trust in one another and to tough out what what are <laughs> I mean, these games are enough to make you old, Rex. It's it's stressful. Makes you feel alive, doesn't it? <laughs> oh golly, I tell you what, it's uh, it's about Bud Light time at Flanagan's, John, <laughs> or Alabama Slammers if you're former Fire. <laughs> 
Anyways, hey, Dayton's a winner. I got music on my ear. That means we got a break. So, uh, Mike and Dayton, hold on. We'll get to your phone call after the break. But Dayton's a winner, 65-62 over at UD Arena. It's John Bedell, former Flyer Rex Gardecki, and you, dear listeners, here for Flyer Feedback. More of it after this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into our Dayton studios. I'm your host, John Bedell. My partner tonight is former Flyer Rex Gardecki, and you're here, too, for Flyer Feedback, and we thank you for that. Flyer Feedback is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. So we'd like to all be over at Flanny's like usual, as we typically would in a normal year, celebrating a 65-62 Dayton win as they get to 4-1 to close the non-conference portion of their schedule. That's right, they're wrapping up after five games, and they'll play next 11 days from now on December 30th against the LaSalle Explorers over at UD Arena as they open up the A-10 slate. But for now, Dayton getting what is a gutty win, no doubt, and what maybe we'll see come March, uh, a resume win. 457-1290 is the number. Rex, want to go to the phone lines for the first time tonight. Mike is in Dayton. Mike, you're on Flyer Feedback. Hello, Rex. It's an honor and privilege to always talk to you. Thank you, Mike. Uh, you and I have talked before. I know you probably know who I am. We've met a couple of times, and uh, you were on another local radio or sports show uh, not too long ago. And um, uh, I was digging through some of my old boxing magazines. I'm a big boxing collector. And uh, I came across an old UD basketball program that I know you're going to love to hear about. Dayton versus Western Kentucky, February 1971. Yeah, that was a great team. Uh, you go back, Jim McDaniel. Yeah, they, they were a great team. They were a Final Four team. And remember yeah. how we talked about how George Jackson shut down Big Jim McDaniels? Yeah, they, uh, they had number one pick, and Jim Rose, who also was a first-round pick. They came in the arena on a cold, miserable night. February. Uh, we we were sort of struggling a little bit and came out with a, I think it was a six-point victory over for the top two or three teams in the country. So, yeah, Mike, I appreciate that. Thank you. 63 to 60. Um, historically speaking, everybody acts like the SEC is invincible. But historically, Dayton has had great success against SEC schools. Going back to Tom Blackburn, he beat Tennessee twice. He beat Kentucky once for the UKIT championship. And from then on, it was a, uh, been pretty much smooth sailing against SEC schools. And didn't uh, Dayton beat Georgia last year in that holiday tournament? They did. I think you're thinking of football when you think uh, dominance in the SEC, Mike. Well, I know, but, but the SEC is the favorite team with the NCAA. But, but anyway, um, Rex, I'd like to talk about a game that could have taken place in 1972 real quick. And, and I'd like to hear your expert opinion on this. And a couple of things needed to take place for this to happen. And unfortunately, it didn't. Uh, if and they both these teams, by the way, were on a collision course. Uh, had Jim Jones not opted to go to the NBA, and had Dean Memminger not uh, uh, been injured in that uh, game against UK, um, who do you think would have won between Marquette and UCLA, both unbeaten? As Johnny Carson would say, or Karnak would say, boy, that's that's a tough call. Because uh, we were at that game. Uh, I mean, Jim Jones was a tremendous player, Dean manager being hurt. You know, uh, Adolph Ruff was a great coach, and we were able to get with him after after that. 
Can I give you my opinion real quick? You you have one. Okay. I think that the guard I think the things were pretty much equal between the guards and the forwards. Where I think the edge would have been with Mar- for Marquette would have been with Jones versus Walton because I believe Jones was a junior that year, wasn't he? Yes. And and yeah. Ch- Walton was a sophomore. I believe Jones would have had too much savvy on the inside for Walton. I believe he would have alert- set traps for Walton, and I believe it would have been at least a double overtime, triple overtime win for Marquette University. Yeah. Hey, but- we're up against a break, Mike. Right. You have any questions about tonight's game? No. Just want to jump in the Wayback Machine for that history lesson. All right. Well, hey, we're up against a break. we got to take a break for news, uh, almost, pay some bills. But uh, Dayton winner tonight, by the way, 65-62. Dayton gets to 4-1 to close out their non-conference schedule. They'll get a couple days off to enjoy their festivus and air their grievances and get their feats of strength in and enjoy Christmas. And then it's back on the court in 11 days for now. But for right now, Dayton winner 65-62. It's John Bedell, Rex Gardecki, and you here for Flyer Feedback. More of it on the other side, right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The Dayton Flyers... Our Mississippi State champs. Can you dig it? <laughs> Dayton hangs on. 65-62. They finish the non-conference slate at 4-1. With another white-knuckle win, the Cardiac Kids strike again over UD Arena. It's John Bedell and it's former Flyer Rex Gardecki. And you're joining us too, listeners. And we thank you for that for Flyer Feedback, which is sponsored by... Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And we should mention that our typical benevolent hosts, uh, Flanagan's Pub, Flanagan's on Stewart Street, is now hiring. They're currently completing upgrades to create that same flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at Dayton at gmail.com. So even though, Rex, we cannot be together at Flanny's like we would like to and typically are uh, because of COVID and this uh, pandemic, we are not able to do that for the time being. So we are coming to you live from our WHIO radio studios after every game. And Rex is joining us through the power of Zoom. It's the, it's because it's the future, Rex. Uh, you're joining us through Zoom now. And uh, Dayton uh, wraps up, as I mentioned, what will be a, a five-game uh, non-conference slate. It's abbreviated this year because of COVID. It started late, ended early. It was only five games, a couple of bumps along the way, a few bumps along the way, and some reshuffling and cancellations because of COVID, as we reported a couple different times earlier this week, Dayton had told us uh, here at WHIO Radio multiple times this week, as early as uh, Monday when Larry was referencing this on the Anthony Grant Show, which you can hear, by the way, Mondays from 7 to 8 uh, here on WHIO Radio and also on our WHIO Radio and Home of the Flyers Facebook pages. Larry mentioned Dayton was looking for a game uh, between now and the 30th, and then they confirmed to me again Thursday in our Zoom session and and in the game notes that they were looking, past tense, uh, at this point for a game between now and the 30th, but they have decided that's not what they're going to do. So Rex, the Staten team, has 11 days off. And as Anthony mentioned in his postgame comments with Larry here on WHIO Radio, now just a few days to just get away and some, some mental health days, Rex, because Anthony mentioned they've been here on campus since the middle of July. It's been a long haul. It's been a weird season for these guys so far, and it'll continue to be. But they'll now get some time off. Uh, for the Christmas, uh, the week of Christmas, and uh, and relax before they get back to the grind and and start looking ahead to a ten play. 
Well, I think too, John, I think one significant thing is going to help us in the stretch here. Now with this 11 days off, uh, hopefully we are starting to get a little healthier. As you said, uh, with Kobe Brea maybe getting healthy here. Luke Frazier, I know he came off the uh, appendix surgery and everything like that. And take nothing away from Christian and Cameron. But you you know, when you're scrimmage against college scholarship players, it makes a big difference. So I think that's going to make us better. It's going to give us more depth and uh you know, after I don't know what some of the players, you know, without being able to go to practice and talking to some of the coaches, but I think adding those two or three extra players is going to give us some more uh, significant time off the bench and practice time. So it's going to yeah. make more. Yeah, the, de- the depth help is going to be on the way pretty soon. And this is a team, as we know from just watching it with the eye test, Rex, this is a team that's needed the depth, that needed the depth help. I saw some reports uh, for Anthony after he wraps up his postgame comments with Larry live on the air. He does his general press availability. I heard him saying that uh, Kobe Brea had been out for six weeks with what we know is a wrist injury. And he, uh, Anthony had said from the, the tweets I was seeing from reporters in that media scrum uh, on Zoom was that uh, he rejoined practice Wednesday. He's looked good. Anthony thinks he might have even grown a little bit grown a little bit in that time. Uh, so you're getting Kobe Brea. He dressed tonight for the first time, Rex, after nursing that wrist injury. Uh, we saw that Elijah Weaver, after that blanket waiver on Wednesday, Dayton got word a couple hours before tip today from what Anthony Grant told Larry in his pregame comments that he was cleared. So now the USC transfer is immediately eligible and gives them some much-needed guard depth, specifically with losing Dwayne Cohill for the year uh, the first day of practice when he blew out his knee. Uh, you've got uh, Luke Frazier, as you mentioned, as he continues to recover, not just from that uh, appendectomy when he had his appendix out, Rex, but Anthony talked about on Monday on the Anthony Grant Show with Larry here live that Luke had been dealing with, uh, he called several illnesses. Uh, we know that it's, it's not COVID because they haven't had a positive COVID test, but Anthony just said Luke had been dealing, has been dealing with several illnesses, and you can go back on our WHIO Radio Facebook page and the Home of the Flyers Facebook page because it gets archived. You can see Anthony for yourself talking about that, but if you listen to the Anthony Grant Show Monday, you heard it live here on WHIO Radio. But Luke Frazier's been dealing with a number of things. Uh, and then the other the other help they get instantly, Rex is a freshman that was going to join the team. His planned arrival is right now, which is Mustafa Amzil, from, the kid from Helsinki, Finland. He, much like uh, Zim Wakeji and Chase Johnson, the two seasons prior to this one, joins the team for the second semester, which, you know, end of December, start of January. Today was the first time we saw Mustafa uh, join the team. He was the a late and the last add to the class of 2021. Uh, he just, again, like Zim and, and Chase, is able to be here a full semester ahead of time. Uh, so he's now part of the program, Rex. He was on the bench today in uh, street clothes, but he's here now. So this team that has had its struggles with depth, again, in the early goings, now you got the cavalry coming here, Rex, with throwing all these guys into the mix, and especially a guy like Elijah Weaver, who's been able to practice the whole Now, it's not the same as gameplay, as you know, Rex, but the fact that he's been able to practice, now get him in there and you get some guard depth. Right, and with Camus coming off the bench, and like you just said, the uh, kid's coming from Finland, he's had the, the good experience of playing – in Europe against older and bigger guys. And that, I think that's going to be an essential part of it. And that's what, I think that's what we're going to need when we get, start talking about the A-10 schedule with Richmond and St. Louis looks like they're the Dallas Cowboys with their, with their strength and everything inside. So it's, you know, it's going to be a dogfight. And you know, VCU is always tough. 
and going on some of these other roads. So we'll just have to see what some of the other teams look like. They haven't had a chance to play. So, but yeah, and I agree with you, John, it's going to really help with getting the added experience here. And Elijah Weaver has had it two years playing in a Pac-12. Uh, he's, a, he's a solid player. He was heavily recruited throughout the country. So I think he's going to be a big addition. Yeah, and, and on top of just the depth and getting some help, the other facet of that, Rex, is not that you don't love to depend on guys like Jalen Crutcher and Ibby Watson, because you do, but whew, you mentioned it in the postgame segment, Rex. You know, they had an overtime game last week against Ole Miss, or against Mississippi State, excuse me, I'm confusing the two Mississippi SEC schools they've played, is that, you know, Jalen Crutcher playing all 50-5-0 minutes. I mean, that kind of minutes load is just not sustainable. And you don't want to be wearing down Jalen like that because he's one of your your workhorses and your bell cows that you're going to go to throughout the year. And you can't – that that kind of minutes load is just not sustainable even for as as Superman-ish uh, as this backcourt is at times. No, you know, Jalen is sort of uh, – you call thin on the side there with those little legs and everything. You worry about him. You know, a couple of years ago he had some real problems with the dehydration and everything, but it doesn't yeah. seem to affect him right now. And that's good. I mean, he's able to play these minutes – I think with all the TV timeouts and all the radio timeouts, you know, these games go forever, it seems like. So I think that will help him. And I'm sure with the training and things like that and the nutrition that they're doing, especially now with the COVID there, I'm sure they're really watching what they're doing. And these next 48 to 72 hours is going to be essential for this team. They can relax, get back to their normal things, talk to their parents, talk to their girlfriends, whatever they need to do, and get them ready for the A-10 season. Yeah, our co-players of the game tonight, we should mention, by the way, here on WHIO Radio, were the aforementioned Jalen Crutcher. He had a team-high uh, 23. In fact, Jalen led all scorers with 23. Rodney Chapman had 21 points. Ibby Watson had 11 at one point, Rex, and I think, as Anthony alluded to in his postgame comments, definitely at halftime, those were the only three Flyers to have scored, was Chapman, Crutcher, and Watson. They had 10, 8, and 6, respectively, at the break. And I think... Uh, Boy, Rex, it was getting close to – it was into the second half where those guys were the only uh, three flyers to score. I think Anthony, off the top of his head, had guessed the under 12, uh, but I know that was right before then was 42-41 with Jordy's lay-in. That might have been at 42-41 the first Dayton points that came some came from somebody not named Chapman, Crutcher, and Watson. I'd have to go back and check the box score, but um, those three guys just continuing to carry the offensive load. Chase Johnson was not the offensive threat we've seen him be for the previous uh, four uh, games coming into tonight, but he kept his head up. He was making other plays at times. You got Jordy Shimanga hanging tough, having a much better second half. He finished with eight points, five boards. Uh, The one thing that continues, a couple of things, Rex, that continue to be concerning, which we know we've seen through all five games now, rebounds, and Anthony mentioned it in his live postgame comments with Larry. They got throttled, absolutely throttled, did the Flyers, on the glass tonight. Ole Miss out-rebounded them 41-24. to That's a problem. A team like St. Louis will destroy you on the glass, just like that if that continues to... We saw that even last year. I mean, St. Louis, for anybody not named Kansas or Colorado that actually beat the Dayton Flyers last year, Rex, St. Louis two times came as close as anybody did to beating this Dayton team. Uh, so that, that's going to be a problem because of how they rebound, and especially the way St. Louis's guards rebound. And again, the turnovers, Rex, 17, so not as egregious as it has been in the past. They turned the ball over 15 times against Eastern Illinois, 19 against SMU, 21 against NKU, and 17 versus Mississippi State, although that's a little misleading because that box score is going to be inflated with two extra overtime frames and playing 10 more minutes. Uh, They had eight of those turnovers against uh, Mississippi State at the half, and then again tonight, 17 against Ole Miss. So turnovers and rebounding 
wrecks going to continue to be a problem. It's not something that Anthony and his staff are unaware of. They keep harping on it. But those are two things, Rex, that they they need to start addressing because those are going to come back and bite them if they if they don't get control of, of those two areas, particularly the turnovers. Yeah, and it's funny, listen to you on the radio or on TV, you can hear Coach Breer just screaming box out. <laughs> that is in those players' ears when they're sleeping at night. And they're, that's a correctable error, though. And I think with the addition of some of these extra players, it gives us a little more flexibility of moving guys around you know, Chase sometimes is playing, you know, he's really more of a three than a four or five. And Jordy, you know, it's, Jordy's just going to, you know, it's going to take a little time for Jordy. You know, he doesn't have the hands that Obi had, but he is a big, physical, strong kid. And when you start talking about going to the league, there's there's nobody, nobody in the country that can compete with St. Louis on the board. I mean, you can take all the big boys that you want, the Gonzagas, the Baylors, and all the, they are men. And that's, you know, they're going to be a handful for anybody they play. And we know that going into it. And they and Richmond, along with this Dayton team, are in the same boat. Anybody who listens to this show knows that one of my philosophies about call it mid-major, call it not, whatever you want to call non-Power 5 basketball, the way to get good and stay good at this level, uh, Rex, at the high major, whatever, again, whatever you want to, however you want to couch it, the way to get good at this level is to get old and stay old. And that Richmond and that St. Louis squads are old, man. They got everybody back at both those programs, and they're going to be trouble. But you know what? I think the Staten team's going to be trouble in the A-10, too. Brooks Hall mentioned it uh, in the postgame, that he's got enough of a sample size to start to get a feel for this team because, you know, when Brooks and I were doing the 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 early goings of this, the first two games of the season, just thinking, like, man, how do we get – you just don't have enough of a sample size to kind of get a feel for this team. Well, now five games in, I think we're starting to see their identity take shape. It's going to be white-knuckle rides. They got some guys that can close. They got some dudes on that roster. And now the added – the added uh, element here, Rex, of how does now getting this depth help uh, them as they now go forward into the A-10 season? Now, as we talked about, they have 11 days off. They will not play a game between now and December 30th when they open with LaSalle for the A-10 slate at, at UD Arena. Rex, I want to get your take before break here is that as a former player and a former coach yourself, how does having now this 11-day stretch where you get a little bit of a blow, you get, you get some rest here, but also, you've got this 11 days stretch between games where how does this now, how do you start to acclimate, further acclimate guys like Elijah, even though he's been at practice, but Elijah Weaver, Mustafa Amzio, Kobe Brea, as these guys get healthy and start arriving on campus for their various situations, how do you use this 11 days, Rex, to sort of gel and sort of get everybody more cohesive between the next game? I think that's a million-dollar question, John. Uh, you know, you see some teams – in the NBA saying that you might want to rest some players, uh, you know, going into the playoffs. I think playing is the best thing. I mean, as much as I played and coached, I think it's good these kids to get 48 or maybe 72 hours, but I think they need to get back at it again, get back in a situation that they know, uh, you know, classes are not in, that's going to be a little bit harder for them along the lines, but I think getting back on the court, working on the correctable problems that they can make, uh, boxing out on weak side, doing certain things. There was three times in the first half that I saw uh, we gave offensive rebounds off of missed free throws. And that's just, that's inexcusable. That's something that would drive coaches crazy. And I think that's something that they'll work on. I mean, in today's technology, they're watching film tonight, these players, when they're back in, you know, in their real rough life that they're leading right now. It's, you know, it's, it's a little different than it was years ago. But, they, you know, they've got access to everything, and those are things that will be taken care of. So, again, I think 72 hours is the most, but I think they need to get back at it, especially with the newer players and seeing, you know, 
how they fit in and then getting ready for the A-10 season. So, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. You don't want to get players hurt. You don't want to do this, but you have to get back at it again. And as Anthony's mentioned, as he did on his zoom on Thursday there, as you mentioned, Rex, there's really no substitution for that in-game action. You gotta, you gotta get these guys real time play to really start gelling. And I think we'll see that as we go forward with some of the, uh, the uh, depth cavalry arriving for this Dayton team, thankfully. So Dayton's a winner, 65, 62. It's John Bedell, former flyer, Rex Gardecki, and you here for Flyer Feedback, the home stretch of it on the other side of this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk. Call with your questions and comments now, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Dayton winner 65-62. They wrap up the non-conference portion of their COVID-shortened slate, 4-1, and one, and they now look ahead 11 days to now from now to their first conference matchup of the year against the LaSalle Explorers on December 30th at UD Arena. It's John Bedell, it's former Flyer Rex Gardecki, and you, dear listeners, here for Flyer Feedback, which is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. Coming to you live from our WHIO radio studios and Rex Gardecki joining us live through Zoom because it's the future. If you're listening live, we do appreciate it, but don't forget you can also podcast Flyer Feedback. What? Yeah, that's right. In at our website, whio.com, and in our WHIO News app under the on-demand audio tabs, or you can make us part of your feed at any of the streaming services out there. It's just juicy flyer feedback content minus the commercials. It's super compelling, and it's in your feed. And if you subscribe on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, pops up in your feed right away as soon as it's ready to go. So, uh, Rex, the Staten team is now 4-1. and As I mentioned, it's an abbreviated non-conference slate because of COVID. Uh, they will not play a game between now and the 30th when LaSalle comes to town. Uh, but they look ahead to um, the A-10 slate with a couple of top 25 teams right now, Rex, looming on the horizon in Richmond uh, and St. Louis. That's the cream so far of the A-10 crop. I think Dayton's going to have some things to say about that once we start playing those guys, once they start playing those guys. Uh, St. Bonaventure's always feisty with Mark Schmidt. I don't know how he does it in Olean, but he does. He's one of the all-time characters in this league, too. One of my favorite guys just to shoot the you-know-what with. Uh, and then you've got VCU always kind of hanging around. And we'll see how the rest of the league shakes out, Rex. But now here we are on December 19th already looking forward to the A-10 slate. Well, I'm sure, you know, as all coaches and players, you like to be 5-0 and at this time. But, you know, 4-1 and is not bad. I mean, when you look at the situation that everybody's in right now, trying to find games, players, you know, three weeks ago, they didn't know if they were going to have a game for a while, you know, with the Bellarmine situation and uh, just the way it worked out. So it's just a crazy year for everybody. So I think let's enjoy this four and one start. Let the players relax and enjoy the next few days off and have a great Christmas and a great new year. I know I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a nail biter all seasons. You and I talked about many times, John, with this group, it's it's a work in progress with some of these guys. Yeah. But hey, with the infantry coming in, I think we're going to be okay. I'm I'm optimistic. Yeah, Dayton. Uh, with uh, we will not have a Festivus edition of Flyer feedback with them not playing next week, which makes me sad because I got a lot of problems with you people, and I was going to air my grievances, but we won't. We're just going to have. In fact, we don't even have a Christmas edition of Flyer feedback. I should mention though. I mentioned how you know we're typically over at Flanagan's. I, I'd be remiss, Rex, 
uh, if I didn't mention that today is the anniversary of the death of our, our, our dear friend and our benevolent host, Pat Flanagan. And I know a lot of uh, you all who work with us on the show and who you listen at home, you knew Pat just like we did. You loved Pat just like we did. So I would be remiss uh, if I did not uh, give a shout out to our dear, dearly departed friend and benevolent host, Pat Flanagan. Melissa, his wife, uh, is still a friend of the show and a friend of ours. And so, Melissa, we're thinking about you this week. And uh, it's hard to believe it's been... Uh, it's been a while. It's been seven years now since we lost Pat, which which is hard to believe. But uh, he uh, he he died he the December great. of that uh, that Elite Eight run year, yeah. uh, Rex. That was the start of that Elite Eight run. So I, I think about Pat every time I'm over at Flanagan's. Uh, you know, so have a have a Pepsi if you're at home. Tip tip your Pepsi, uh, Pat's Pat's trademark drink, uh, to Pat and, and think of our friend uh, as you raise a glass to uh, Pat Flanagan tonight on the anniversary of of his passing. Yeah, he was a he was such a big part of this university and flyers and everything from years ago and uh we all miss him and uh it's part of life unfortunately but yeah. you know move on he was one of the all-time greats and as you tip that glass don't forget to say slancha to our dear friend pat so hey i got music in my ear that's gonna do it so we'll we'll end on that tonight one more time dayton and winner 65 62 they get to four and one as they finish the non-conference slate our next game is 11 days from now december 30th against the LaSalle explorers as we start the A-10 slate tip is at 7 with Larry Hansgen. That means the Bud Light pregame show starts at 6.30. So we will see you on the radio. No, you won't. This is a radio program on December 30th. Until then, from my partner tonight, Rex Gardecki, I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody. Stay well, and Merry Christmas, Flyers fans.